This is MuggleCast, the Harry Potter podcast discussing everything about J.K. Rowling's Wizarding World. Welcome to MuggleCast episode 346. I'm Andrew. I am Eric. And I'm Micah. We've got a lot to discuss this week. We have a title! A year away from the film, as we suspected, we got a title on the one year, one year out. Preversary? Preversary, yeah. 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 Sure. Is that a thing? We also got a pretty interesting first look showing all of the lead characters in Fantastic Beasts, The Crimes of Grindelwald. So we will talk about that. I am also in Orlando currently. I checked out the new Christmas extraordinaire, the new Christmas spectacular happening at the Wizarding World of Harry Potter. It's really good. They went all out. So we'll talk about that. We also got some emails. We got some voicemails. So lots to do today. Let's start with the big story. Fantastic Beasts, The Crimes of Grindelwald is the title of the sequel hitting theaters November 2018. We also got this photo showing, giving us our first look at Dumbledore, played by Jude Law. Yeah. We see Grindelwald himself. We see a couple new characters. We see some characters cozying up with one another, hinting at certain things happening, including a scandal, in my opinion. (laughs) Okay. Let's start with the title. I thought you were going to say, let's start with the scandal. Let's start. Okay, let's get into Mari mode here. (laughs) (laughs) What's the scandal? I don't know anything about this. We'll save that. We'll keep that as a tease for now. All right. Uh Let's start with the title. I think... I like the title, but at the same time, I kind of don't like how it's so obvious. It feels simple Mm. and obvious to me. What do you guys think of The Crimes of Grindelwald? I'm not a huge fan of it. I'm going to be honest. It seems almost too simplistic. When you're looking at a title for uh, what we've come to know as being in the Potter world, there's supposed to be an element to it that makes you think a little bit. I think we all hear would say that we would suspect that Grindelwald committed many crimes throughout his life. I don't, this just doesn't draw me in. It just doesn't do it for me. Well, and Grindelwald's actually being in the title sort of repulses me a little bit. I want to see this film less. It's like Grindelwald was always going to be the big bad, but let's remember we, this is a series of five films and he's not going to be defeated for good until the very last one. That's confirmed. Mm-hmm. You know, in 1945, when Dumbledore finally figures out how to do it, he does it. Calling this the film The Crimes of Grindelwald surrenders the focus to Grindelwald. And we had a lot of other things to look forward to that had nothing to do with Grindelwald. I was not expecting Grindelwald to be in this film very much at all. And I was fine with that. But naming it after him seems like he will somehow be the focus. And just like, there goes all the hope I ever had of this not being a bleak, dark film. (laughs) Okay, so to Micah's point about the title, you know, being very forward, I agree. So the thing we loved about the Harry Potter titles is when they came out, we got to speculate, oh, what does that mean? The Crimes of Grindelwald, on its face, we probably know what it means. Yes, he did commit crimes, unless... This film somehow does reveal new crimes, reveal crimes that make Dumbledore want to fight him. 
Yeah. There could be a deeper meaning to the title. So while I agree it does feel simple and and not deep at all, maybe we should give them a chance. Maybe J.K. Rowling will be surprising us. I mean, it, it, it sounds more like a documentary, you know, title than a, than a fantasy film. But also, I mean, this is this was pointed out by um, Rosie Morris at MuggleNet. She says, if Grindelwald is meant to be an ongoing big bad, this film is not going to cover all of his crimes. So why call it that? He's, he's got films and films and films ahead of him that, that are going to commit. It's going to be continued to try and take over the world or whatever. I'm just confused. Yeah. I'm just really, 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 really Unless confused. crimes is an anagram or it means <laughs> something else in another language and we were meant to uh, go figure it out. But yeah, it to me, it just, it's like, okay, they settled on it. And I'm sure that they're going to play in a very integral role. I mean, the crimes of Grindelwald, we would think the first real known crime goes back to Ariana and Dumbledore and what happened to his sister definitely involved Grindelwald. Would you classify that as a crime? I mean, I'm sure he probably tortured animals as a child, too. Oh, I'm sure he did stuff before that. I'm just saying, it from our knowledge, maybe this is their way of allowing us to go back to that point in time. I'm not sure. I, to me, this seems like a film that lays the groundwork for Grindelwald, and it gives you insight into his character and what he's done and his rise to power. And then... For these next two movies, let's say, is he just going to become some sort of background character? So it's almost in opposition to what you were saying, Eric, because I feel like if you're going to title the movie after him, you're going to have to have a huge focus on him. But what does that do for future films? Because is it, is it just sort of a like you were saying, is it like a documentary bridging the gap? It's just this was the film that I was prepared to learn more about. Theseus Commander, about Lita Lestrange, about Nicholas Fomel as previously previous. Nothing that we've previously seen would have indicated about this film that it would have pretty much anything to do with Grindelwald at all, minus his escape from prison, which we said, you know, would probably set events in motion. But I, again, I really were with this overshadows everything that we've already previously speculated about happening in this film and seen happen in this film, the circus credence, all the characters we know and love, we're going to see less of. And instead we're going to see Grindelwald who let's get into this real quickly is played by a problematic actor, Johnny Depp, whom they should not have casted and have since completely continued to double down on their decision. Well, the title kind of fits the actor quite honestly. Right. The title, what? It's the actor. That's what surprises me most about this title. It's like they're inviting criticism by naming this movie the crimes of actor who has allegedly committed horrific crimes concerning domestic abuse. So that is very surprising. It's almost like rubbing it in people's faces. It is. It's distasteful. I photoshopped the title and posted it on Twitter to say Fantastic Beasts and the Crimes of Johnny Tapp. I have since been kicked in the face by Warner Brothers, but it was so worth it for all the likes and retweets. You were kicked in the face by Warner Brothers? Yeah, it was really painful. Oh, God. And also, I was thinking, like, now that Grindelwald's name has been placed in the title, they're not going to put it in the title again, right? Like, you would have maybe expected his name at the end, like Fantastic Beasts, Dumbledore versus Grindelwald. Oh, yeah, absolutely. It's almost as if they aren't Warner Brothers. They're actually like a fan production and Grindelwald is the only name that they own that they could secure a right to. They couldn't name it anything else. So it's like, well, 
Grindelwald is a magical name. It evokes the wizarding world. Let's use that in the title. It's almost as if they like, it's supposed to be this punchy, flashy, like to the marketing department, like, oh, people know Grindelwald. People will remember that it's a a Harry Potter story because that's a character in Harry Potter. And that's such a unique name that we own it. It's almost like it was their only option, which is stupid. We know that's not the case at all. We have lots of people listening live on patreon.com slash mugglecast right now. Sophia is chiming in. They might have thought using Grindelwald in the title would have excited fans because it ties back to the Potter story, but it was definitely a misfire. I agree with that. This could have been a marketing decision. Hiring Johnny Depp was a marketing decision. He draws people in. Hiring Jude Law is probably a marketing decision. Getting Dumbledore into the story and featuring him prominently, that could arguably be a marketing decision and why J.K. Rowling knew this story was worth turning into a movie. I'd much rather see this movie named after Dumbledore than Grindelwald. The hero Dumbledore. Fantastic beast. And the heroic endeavors of Dumbledore. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Hmm. Are we being a little too hard? I don't want to completely bash no. the title. Yeah. Too late. <laughs> I, mean, I, no, I will. I, I'll go because, 10 rounds with it. Look, I hate at, the at title. Times we get we get feedback that you know we can be too negative. But my thing is as I said at the beginning of the show, is it doesn't draw me in. There's nothing, there's no wow factor about it. There's nothing that makes me start to really think when I see that title. It's like, yeah, Grindelwald committed crimes. And we know this. It's nothing, you know, that, that really blows you away. But thinking about, Eric, you, you brought up something before. This movie series, I feel like we initially thought that it was always going to be about Newt. But the more and more I see, I feel like it's always been about Dumbledore and Grindelwald and their history. Newt was just the conduit, the way to get to both of them. Yeah, it doesn't. Yeah, no, just just what you said. I did. I render you speechless. <laughs> well, I don't we, think that's we worried ever happened about before. Newt becoming. I mean, I think it was it was clear to some extent that Newt would Newt's role would somehow diminish, or he would become a side character in his own story. But I certainly didn't expect it to happen this fast. This quickly. And, and and maybe Newt is the one who finally helps in a big way defeat Grindelwald. But I would have expected – there's also – if we're examining Grindelwald, we should be at Durmstrang, to be perfectly honest. Like that's where Grindelwald first started his his rise to power. He graffitied that wall with the symbol of the Deathly Hallows. Like we know a little bit about that, but it just seems like we'd need movies of stuff at this point because there's no books. Movies to prep us – on what Grindelwald's whole deal is. And I just don't think this film chronologically is the right place to do that. I'm going to go ahead and blame WB for the titling here because I'm just thinking about their various screw-ups with DC and Justice League. This title also immediately reminded me of the way that they named the Hobbit movies. Those the last two, the third one in particular. So number two was The Desolation of Smaug. Like that was a pretty obvious title. And then the third one, they had renamed it at some point. I can't remember the original title, but it was finally changed to The Battle of the Five Armies. And like that is, I remember still hearing that title for the first time. It was completely a marketing move because they wanted to get across that there was going to be a big battle taking place. And it's like, wow, it's not just a battle. It's a battle with five armies. We have to go see this in theaters. That's what I think 
they were thinking when they named that movie. And that's what I'm thinking with The Crimes of Grindelwald. They wanted to get a recognizable name into this movie, movie's title to keep people coming back. I will say, like, this would not have been given the approval by J.K. Rowling if that wasn't really what this movie was always going to be. True. Right? This movie's always was, it turns out, despite all previous promo and hint and all the amazing cast of robust characters that we are hoping to learn more of, this film will primarily, it seems, be focused on a character exploration of Grindelwald and his rise to power, whatever, whatever. And so... Um, one question that I have from that is, looking at these crimes, do you feel like a lot of time will be spent looking back as opposed to in the present and any crimes that he may commit during the course of the film? That could very well be because we know they cast younger characters, younger actors, and we, we speculated that there will be some flashbacks, but maybe there will be more than we previously thought. I kind of hate to say this, but maybe this film is going to serve as like a lot of setup for the three movies to come. It's just why why do that to what could have been a perfectly good sequel? They could have doubled down on beasts. They could have uh, gotten to know the the core four even more without it being a time of of war. I don't know. Let's talk about this title art. There's a couple of things to discuss in it, actually. The art is great. The art is absolutely like the art by contrast. I love this this art. Yeah. So. We see a wand in the eye, as well as the underlining Fantastic Beasts. So that's kind of cool. And then we see the A has been replaced by a triangle. Oh, I apologize. I, m- I meant the uh, the character part. Oh. Uh, the title <laughs> itself. Yeah, the title itself is very normal to what they do. Yeah, right? I was surprised by your enthusiasm for this no, title. No, 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 no. I mean, it's just, it's fine. I hate the title, so it's like, I'm not going to be like, oh, but the way they spelled it against black is great. And my, my friend V was uh, talking to me about this title art. He also thinks it kind of invokes alchemy with the A. Maybe alchemy more so than the Deathly Hallows, but personally, I find this to be, this has everything to do with the Hallows because it's kind of hinted at in that photo preview as well. But V was thinking it could have to do with alchemy and Nicholas Flamel. I like that. It definitely has to do with the Hallows because just prior to the title showing up, there's a little bit of that smoke and it takes the form of the Deathly Hallows. It does. Before we continue with today's episode, it's time to tell you about canvaspeople.com. These guys are fantastic. You can take one of your photos on a professional camera like a DSLR or, you know, your average digital camera or your phone camera, which are so good these days, and turn one of your favorite pictures into a beautiful canvas that you can hang. I love Canvas People because you frequently will take a great picture and then it just gets lost, gets forgotten. Maybe you post it on Instagram, maybe you post it on Facebook. And like, you know, people hit like on it for a while, and then it drifts deep into your timeline, and that's the end. That's the end of seeing it until you see it on Time Hop a year later. Well, no more. Visit canvaspeople.com, and you can get an 11 by 14 canvas of a photo that matters to you for free. Just pay shipping. All you have to do is use code Muggle. This is a really great deal. I still have my canvas hung up that I purchased last year of my dog, Brooklyn. I just love it so much. And this is a great holiday gift as well. If there's a picture that you know means a lot to somebody, ask them for it. 
or maybe you have it on your phone yourself. Surprise them with an 11 by 14 canvas and you'll get it printed for free. That's the best deal. Just don't tell them you got it for free. Act like you spent a lot of money on it for them. They'll be so impressed. Visit canvaspeople.com, use promo code MUGGLE, get a canvas free, made here in the U.S. Okay, so let's talk about that actual photo. There's a lot to look at in it. First of all, I think the biggest news is we got our first look at Jude Law's Dumbledore. He's he's holding his wand kind of strangely, but other than that, (laughs) cool first look. He's got a beard. He's got a little beard, just like he did in that photo uh, that a fan took with him nearby the set, wearing a blue cloak. It took me a second to kind of, it's going to take a little while for me to to, uh, get used to this new Dumbledore. We're just so used to seeing the long, gray-haired, bearded Dumbledore. I will say he looks a lot closer to the Richard Harris Dumbledore than the Michael Gambon Dumbledore, which I approve of. Yes. I think I will fall for him as Dumbledore once we actually see him talking and seeing him actually acting out the role. I'm very excited to see him portray Dumbledore. Costume-wise, Colleen Atwood has done it again. I mean, everybody here looks great. They're all in their own unique style. It's a gorgeous photo or a gorgeous, you know, montage poster thing. And it's a moving photo too, by the way. Yeah. Yeah, the Fantastic Beasts uh, Twitter posted a uh, it's like a, you know, how in Twitter you can do like this it automatically plays. It's like a 15-second thing and there's like a whoosh and different characters look different directions. In fact, something somebody brought up was that Jacob and Queenie, who are together in this photo, actually look over towards Grindelwald. Nobody else does. Like the rest of the, they're the ones that are closest to Grindelwald on the right hand side. He's, you know, on the far right. And they're the only ones who just kind of look over. But somebody suggested that maybe that means that they are the ones whose loyalties might be tested, who might actually try and join his side. What are you guys' thoughts on that? I think that's an interesting tease, but why would Jacob want to side with Grindelwald? I mean, he's so new to this world. I can't see him, who has absolutely no wizarding blood in him, want to side with somebody who only accepts pure bloods. That just makes no sense to me. So out of character for him. I guess one could argue that I read this somewhere just before recording, so I'm kind of stealing it from somebody. I can't remember the source. But Queenie can potentially get in the head of Grindelwald. So maybe she sees something there that others don't. And for that reason, may want to side with Grindelwald. I think that's actually one of the voicemails we have coming up. Yeah. Oh, interesting. Yeah. Yeah, If you take a look, I did a screenshot and placed it in the document. You can see her looking over at him. Jacob isn't as direct, but Queenie, because she's looking up, and over, it very much looks like she's looking at him almost admiringly. It's also could just be Grindelwald's right next to us, you guys. Yeah, <laughs> why? Yeah. I, know, I, I worry, but the way she's looking, Micah is right. Like, thank you for screen capping this. Like, it's concerning. Yeah, they're also kind of wearing the same colors that he is, especially compared to the, everybody else in this photo. They must look like they're the three of them are grouped together, part of the same gang. Yeah. Newt's wearing his classic outfit, which I love. I'm glad they didn't yeah, change Yeah, I mean, his... if it ain't broke, don't fix it. Yeah. And he's the only one wearing the same clothes from the first movie, it looks like to me. 
maybe Jacob is kind of similar, but he's a muggle, so he's got Tina's less got a new haircut. Yeah, in fact, she looks like Credence's mom, doesn't she? I thought that's who it was at first. Oh God, Mary Lou Barebones. Yes. I thought Mary Lou came back from the dead for a second. Similar haircut, I guess. She, at least, like, it's super funny because I didn't even notice the case of beasts, but it's in this photo. Like, she's, it's, Tina is, I guess, resting next to it, guarding it, watching it, but it's behind. Well, that's where her and Newt live. Yeah, it's behind uh, Theseus. Speaking of haircuts, by the way, Credence finally has a not bad haircut, it looks like, so I'm very excited about that. I'm glad he's in this poster. This poster lacks uh, Nicholas Flamel, who we know has been cast and we know who plays him and we've seen. But um, at least Credence appears a large enough character to be in this poster. Yes. So let's let's talk about Credence. And he is cozied up with an actress, Claudia Kim. So this photo, this very, very high res photo came with a description which talks about each of these characters. Yeah. A little bit which is actually really, really insightful. Now, we don't know her name, but she is playing a maledictus, quote, the carrier of a blood curse that destines her ultimately to transform into a beast. Now, here's the other thing about her. When she was originally cast, we found out she's going to be a part of the traveling circus. So Hmm. she is a maledictus in this circus. That could potentially hint at all the performers in the circus, what they are all doing there to begin with maybe they are all maledicti (laughs) yeah or they just yeah they they carry some sort of what would be considered an abnormality maybe credence joins the uh circus for a period of time credence definitely has found someone with whom he can relate which is important i think everybody needs somebody right so that's part is what's interesting to me i did see a crazy fan theory already which suggested, did you guys um, see, I, I, I tagged you on Twitter about this uh, this theory. Did you guys read it? No, what is it? It suggests that Claudia Kim's character is actually Nagini or becomes Nagini from the original Harry Potter series. And it's it's actually amazing. They zoom in on her legs here, which are sort of scaly. And they suggest that she is the the circus poster announced a snake woman or a mysterious snake woman, or something like that. And so the theory is that she eventually does transform into a snake and eventually becomes Voldemort's uh, Nagini. Hmm, that would be pretty cool. But I mean, is this a series about Voldemort, or is this a series about Grindelwald? Or about Newt, we don't know. Or about Newt. Well, it's not about Newt. Let's just give up all hope on this. (laughs) I I know that we did. We theorized probably... When we first got the news about the circus, that it would be a great opportunity for Grindelwald to hide away. But now seeing this poster, I wonder if it's the opportunity for Credence to hide away. We know that it it had a certain number of shows in New York. Perhaps he uses it to head over to Europe. Well, yeah, I guess. But at the end of the movie, wasn't there a scene that they cut where he kind of drifts off into the sea? I mean, it it did since it was cut. I guess we can't really count. Right. That. I'm saying they could use the circus as the opportunity to move Credence from the states to Europe. Well, at the least, it looks like Credence and Claudia Kim's character are going to be getting close. It can relate over their respective curses. One thing I find interesting about their positioning in that photo is they're close to Dumbledore. Both of these people who have 
these conditions are close to him. That couldn't be more perfect. You're saying this could tie into Ariana, the Obscurus, potentially? Obscurus? Perhaps. Yeah. In general, Dumbledore's acceptance of these types of characters. He's well known for it. Yeah. Maybe Claudia Kim is Ariana. (gasps) Why don't we have her name? I wonder, though. So she's a carrier of a blood curse. Is that something that we think she was born with or something that happened to her? It might be Maybelline. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, maybe she was like bitten with this curse. And and, yeah. and contracted the curse. Yeah. But blood curse I mean, kind of sounds blood like curse it. Blood curse that we know. Yeah, we know lycanthropy. Yeah, that's what it's called in Harry Potter too. Lycanthropy, the, the werewolf thing is a blood curse. I'm not suggesting she's a werewolf. But like that's the example of one that we have in the, in the Harry Potter universe. I assume it's very much like, I mean, whatever she does is like werewolfism. It, it, she has to succumb to it. And she's eventually going to turn into a beast or maybe she can already turn into a beast at will something but she's an outcast for being that yeah and then finally the scandal that i teased at the start of the episode eric so we oh i know what you're talking about now (laughs) we learned with this photo that lita lestrange who newt is carrying a photo of in his suitcase as we saw in the first movie is engaged to newt's brother theseus scandal he went there. You know, yeah, yeah, Theseus went there. Presuming that Lita and Newt were close. We know that, actually. They were close from the first film. Now she's engaged to his brother. What does this mean? What does this mean for Newt's relationship with his brother? What does this mean for who Lita is as a person? I mean, would you date the sibling of somebody that you were very, very close with if that other siblings still had feelings for you. Like, you got to do you, but it just kind of throws some kind of weird wrench into what I was expecting to be just sort of a more clear-cut brotherly relationship between Theseus being, you know, more of a warrior and Newt being more of a kind of talker, more of a uh, reserved, less outwardly physical kind of dude. Lita, completely unexpected. I heard the world's best joke, though. This was on the Harry Potter subreddit, my friend Caitlin pointed out. She said she's seeing a lot of, I'm guessing these brothers are estranged <laughs> jokes. Are we going to have like a, a baby reveal? Like, <laughs> who is the father of the Niffler baby? Oh, my God. I thought you were going to suggest what Lita What if Lita would be pregnant? is pregnant with Bellatrix? No, that couldn't make sense. Well, it kind of could make sense. Huh? That'd be crazy. It could make it could make sense. Well, now it says uh, Bellatrix is the eldest daughter of two other people, two blacks. Right. Well, and yeah, I was going to say she married into the family. So Newt and Theseus don't get along because Theseus stole his girl or? We don't know, though, because if you look at that letter, right, the letter that never made it into the film, it doesn't seem very contentious between the two of them. It doesn't. And it doesn't say anything like Lita says hi, although that would have been a dead Lita, good who's laying next to me in bed, says hello. I mean, look, it's it's totally possible Newt approves of the union. I bet not. But how far back does this go? That's what I wonder, because... Now, all of a sudden, do you factor Theseus into Newt's expulsion from Hogwarts? I don't know. I just, why does it have to be a love triangle, right? Like, why do, it's, of all the storytelling devices, of all the, not, uh, uh, that's a guess that it's a 
triangle. But I mean, Newt still seems to harbor feelings for Lita. When Queenie asks him, who is this? He doesn't say, oh, it's my no. sister-in-law. Well, they're engaged. They're not married yet, for starters. It's my soon-to-be sister-in-law. You know, but he could have explained it away as not somebody that he had previously been very, very close He didn't close explain with. it because, A, he's not crazy close to Queenie yet. But, B, he's got feelings for her. Yeah unrequited unresolved at the very least yeah there's gonna be some tension there and i don't mind a a love triangle in in this Uh, maybe newt is upset that he took the blame for something lita did at hogwarts which we know happened he took the blame for lita in hopes of like proving to her how much she meant to him and then she still got with theseus yeah it was like a grand gesture Yeah. I mean, I'm assuming it's on the up and up, right? Like uh, Lita's agency, like she is living her best self by being with Theseus. But we just well, that's don't, not true, we don't know. In, in the animated version of this group photo, we see Newt, Avada Kedavra, Theseus at the end. You guys were too busy looking at Queenie and Jacob to, to see that Newt kills his brother in that. Well, Newt does kind of look down at Theseus and Lita at one point. It's not a uh, kind look, I don't think, that that he gives them. So is it also possible that Theseus could be under some sort of spell? What, like a love spell? Grindelwald spell? Yeah. I mean, we can't assume everybody in this photo, aside from Grindelwald, is good. Mm, Yeah, well, that's fair. I mean, she is a Lestrange, after all. Perhaps uh, she's, she's working some magic. I'm actually surprised to see her wearing purple and not black or green. Slytherin colors, I guess. But we don't... We don't necessarily know that Lita was a Slytherin. We previously speculated that she might be an outsider to her family. That's why her and Newt might bond. You know, a whole bunch of the strangers were Slytherins, but maybe she wasn't. So n- nothing dictates that she has to be in black or green, but Bellatrix sure wore a lot of black. So so did Narcissa. She's in an elegant, like, purple gown with, like, a cape. It's amazing. James says, what if Theseus and Lita become the parents of Rodolphus Lestrange? He'd be in his 60s during Harry Potter time and Bellatrix in her 40s. And we know how she has a thing for older men. Yeah, I'm not interested in seeing spawn of these characters be related to other characters that we didn't know in Harry Potter. I'm over it. I'm just I want to I'm here for the story. I'm here for the beasts. I'm here for the wonder. I'm here for adults doing magic and I'm not interested in how this can continually snake down and connect to original Harry. Short of Voldemort's coming into power, which I hope these films chronicle, and um, short of uh, Newt giving Hagrid Aragog, I'm not interested. Are in you interested in the crimes of Grindelwald? Not even a little bit, you know, and I would have liked to have seen Durmstrang eventually, right? Well, you better be because... We're going to be talking about it for quite some time. Movie four, you know, movie five, maybe uh, go or movie four, kind of like following a uh, Half-Blood Prince trajectory of right before the big baddie goes down. You learn more about him and all about him that you can kind of, you know, movie four, call that the crimes of Grindelwald. This is the film about Newt and his friends coming to terms with a recent breakout while Newt celebrates his book release and Credence is in the circus. Like, don't make this about Grindelwald at all. It's too soon. And you're not going to pay it off because Grindelwald doesn't can't be destroyed for another three movies. I will say this, though. One one other thing about this picture. There are no beasts putting aside the character that was introduced. That's the the maledictus. 
And we'll get to this because somebody brought up the fact that an Obscurus isn't really a beast. So it shouldn't be in Newt's book, Fantastic Beasts and Where to Find Them. So there are no Nifflers or Akamis or Thunderbirds or, or any new beasts for that matter that show up in this photo. And does that lend itself, Eric, to what you're saying that this is now a film series that has really shifted? Beasts will play a role, but it's now about Grindelwald, Dumbledore, and how these other characters fit into their story. Yeah, I think so. I mean, the case of beasts is a dead giveaway. It's barely in this poster. It's hidden behind the hulking, manly body of Theseus, and it's not given much attention. It's there, but it's in the background, and these beasts will be there. I think Newt will probably continue to fight using his beasts um, a little bit that he does that we've seen him do in the first movie. The Niffler will probably come out for uh, five minutes of comic relief. But yeah, otherwise I'm not seeing the Beast playing a big role and I'm not seeing these four main characters, you know, really able to contend with whatever it is that's going on between Dumbledore and Grindelwald. Well, I will say this, even though the title didn't give us a lot to speculate over, this photo certainly did. Uh, There are a lot of little hints in here, little clues, little nuggets of goodness. So that said, when do you think we'll get our real first look, a teaser trailer of this movie? How about, let's say it was Star Wars next month. It'd be soon, but I like it. Just, just for fun. Let's say, I'll, I'll say Star Wars. Yeah, I'm trying to think back to Fantastic Beasts. How far in advance did we get a first look at the film? Is it usually about a year or a little less than a year? I'm honestly forgetting. Maybe somebody who's listening live can remind us or maybe look into it for us. First Fantastic Beasts trailer. I'll just Google it. Looks like it came out. I rely on you for this information. Well, actually, you know what? When will uh, Chicago get the uh, David Heyman, David Yates (laughs) screening? That's the real Uh, question. About three months prior, maybe. Uh, Comic-Con weekend. So it looks like we got the first trailer December 2015, mid-December. So I think my Star Wars prediction may hold water because that comes out actually that same weekend. There you go. It is from Warner Brothers? No. Is it the same studio? But that doesn't matter. Actually, well, that was the weekend Force Awakens came out, right? December 2015. That was Force Awakens weekend. So, and I think, and yeah, fantastic. This trailer did run with Force Awakens. I think I'm on to something here. I solved it. You think you solved it? I am looking forward to the teaser. I don't know. Like, it's weird because, like, I want the film not to pay off the title because I don't like the title. So, like, I just want to I want to see all non-Grindelwald stuff. Grindelwald, any room that Johnny Depp shows up in, he's just Johnny Depp, and it's really grating and annoying, and I'm trying not to be so negative. Let's, let's move on here. We didn't get a look at the new character being played by Jessica Williams, unfortunately. Kenny tweeted us obviously excited to get a cash shot and the title but now that i have the cash shot i wish that her character would be featured actually i read a recent interview with her and she said she's just about to go over for filming so i don't think we'll we may not even see her in the in the upcoming trailer because she's just getting started and maybe her role is minor that's so interesting she'll have one of those characters that you see a lot more of in the sequels maybe okay so let's move on here In other news, I wanted to mention Christmas at Hogwarts at the Wizarding World of Harry Potter. Like I said, I'm down in Orlando right now, and this kicks off today, November 18th. It is a very thorough takeover of Hogsmeade and Diagon Alley. 
We all remember when um, Hogsmeade first opened back in 2010, we were like, oh, it's covered in snow. That's so nice. The winter. But they never really did anything else with it in terms of the holidays. And everybody always wondered, like, what's taking so long? What's taking so long? I remember, <laughs> I think, back in the day on Mogano, we got excited when they added, like, four wreaths to Hogsmeade Village. <laughs> but this is a proper takeover and so good. It takes over all of Hogsmeade and Diagon Alley. There's a new projection show happening on Hogwarts Castle. It is amazing. It's one of those things you look at and you can't believe what you're seeing with your eyes. It's about eight minutes long. There's a couple fireworks go off at the end. It uses music, of course, from the Harry Potter movies, but it's a new arrangement. It's a new mashup, if you will. There are all these trees surrounding the castle and they all have Christmas lights on them that are synced up with the show. So it's a very... Very immersive experience, I will say. Very cool to check out. And then the Hogwarts School Choir has three original new songs. Actually, two of them are original. And then they do We Wish You a Merry Christmas. Those are good. But the real action is over at Diagon Alley with Celestine and her Banshees. This is a live music show. The songs are so good. They need to be released officially yesterday. There's a song called Accio Christmas that is so darn cute. <laughs> it is a bop. There's another song called My Baby Gave Me a Hippogriff for Christmas. And this one has a cute story with it. She initially in the song hates that she got a hippogriff for Christmas. But then she comes around by the end of the song. And there's another song that she opens with called Holiday Spell. And then finally, there's a song at the end called A Witch and Wizard's Wintry Wondrous Land. I'm serious. These songs are so good. I was dancing watching this show. You can watch them on YouTube, of course. But if you're in, in the Orlando area or if you're considering making a trip for the holidays, highly recommend checking out The Wizarding World. This is a great reason to come back because they really decked out the whole place. And they got the Hogwarts School Choir. They got Celestine. They got the Hogwarts Castle projection show. And then they've got a couple special holiday meals. Of course, they've got hot butterbeer. They have special Christmas merchandise. Lots of ornaments to choose from. Wreath hangers, stockings, house stockings, and a Hogwarts Express stocking. Really good quality stuff. I think that means Andrew Eric wants you to get him one. Oh, man. I'm not sure if I'm getting back to the park, but I'll try to hop into a store and uh, hook you up. Thank you. But yeah, really, really great stuff. I just posted an article on, on Hypable. I'm, I'm, I'm here to cover this for MuggleCast and Hypable with pictures of the decor. And they don't just take over the outside of the buildings. They cover the inside, too. So one of the cool parts about it, the story that they made for this, is that the idea with designing all this decor is that the shop owners each came up with these themselves. So you're going to see decorations that go with the theme of the particular store. And every store has a different design. So that's really cool as well. You see a lot of variety. What does Honeydukes look like? I'm trying to find a picture, but I believe they had some colorful decorations. Yeah, they had, they had some colorful decorations. I mean, it's all like the fir trees. Is that what they're called? Pine tree kind of base. Uh, yeah. yeah. And yeah. Then, like the, one of the Quidditch stores has like snitches. In their garland. Question, what is the is the roller coaster still up? Oh, it's gone. There? No, that's just a big pile of dirt. Oh, really? Well, that's crazy. So Hogsmeade is, there's just well, a yeah, big giant you can't really see it. 
you do get a good look at it when you're going up to the Hogwarts Express to board, uh, which is not decked out, by the way. I kind of wish that there was like a wreath on the front of the Hogwarts Express. That would have been cute. Even if you're not near Orlando, if you want to do something fun for the holidays, it's worth considering going back to the Wizarding World because it is a treat. It really is a treat. The cool thing about the Hogwarts Castle show is they're running it like every 20 minutes. So you can see it a lot throughout the night if you wanted to. My hotel room actually has a view of the castle and I was sitting here last night working and I watched the show like <laughs> probably 20 times last night. We had fireworks go off at the end, so like I can't <laughs> miss it. How is it that, well, what time does it get dark that the theme park is still open? 5.30, I think they're keeping it, I think it starts like right around dusk, they start running it. And then the park is open, I'm not sure when it's open till. I think they're running it later for the holidays. But this does run through January 6th. So there is time to get down here and check it all out. I was going to say, Andrew, I I do remember us seeing fireworks, but that was just lightning that night that we got drenched on the way back from uh, City Walk. That was a cool night. Me and Micah cozied up watching the thunderstorms. Not cozied up together, just (laughs) on our respective beds. Yeah, six inches. Of course not. I was going to ask, though, in the hogshead, did they give the goat a Christmas (laughs) sweater at least? Oh. I'm afraid not. You know what, though? The uh, the sorting hat right before you get on Forbidden Journey, that's got a uh, wreath on it or near it, which I thought was a, a cute touch. Did they give the hog anything? I mean, doesn't it talk? It, it makes noises. It just goes like. <laughs> oh, OK. It's pretty attractive when you're drinking a drink. So does the bartender. But I mean, that's a different story. All right. No, I mean, this this sounds really cool to you. Know, we've talked a lot about it because it initially started with us wanting them to do something or at least expecting them to do something around Halloween. And then obviously with the holidays, it's good to see that they're finally, I don't know what took so long, but finally taking advantage of this. It sounds like you're, uh, you're having yeah, a good time. I don't time know what took there. so long either. Um, they did say that they were creating this projection show on Hogwarts castle for about a year and a half. It took a while because the way they were explaining it, I mean, it's really a technical achievement, how they wrap the castle and also, it was one of their goals to not make the projectors noticeable around Hogsmeade. They wanted to keep you very immersed in the Wizarding World, and obviously seeing projectors would hurt that. So I, I noticed they did build a uh, new tower like for owls, quote-unquote, to house some of the projectors. But yeah, I do commend them. This is an amazing technical achievement. Like, like I said, it's just you can't believe what you're seeing. And I recommend getting as close to the castle as possible. Did they do anything in Nocturne Alley or did they just keep that? <laughs> you know, I was afraid you were going to ask me this because I actually didn't walk in Nocturne Alley. <laughs> I was oh, too scared. Man. No, I was going places where I could take pictures and I knew it was way too dark in there to take photos. So I, I can imagine all the uh, the shrunken heads uh, singing yeah, that a Christmas cute, carol right? or two. So anyway, uh, happening now through January 6th. Come on down. Check it out. Definitely worth it. It's different. That's what I like about it. It's new. So that's cool. And I assume they will do this every year for the rest of the time now. Maybe continue to expand it. We'll see. I did try to jump the fence to get a look at some blueprints of that new ride, but um, I got kicked in the face again by Universal. So my head is just all kinds of broken right now. Huh. Interesting. Is this purely Orlando or are they also doing it out in LA? They are doing it at LA too, but this one is more significant of course because they have the celestine show which they don't over in hollywood but they do have the projection show and they do have the hogwarts school choir 
And theirs doesn't open up for a couple more weeks, whereas Universal Orlando's already rocking and rolling. So we got a, a couple of uh, tweets on uh, things we said on previous episodes. And uh, the first one came from Lucas, which we mentioned earlier, uh, where he asked us to please stop calling an obscurist a beast. It's not a beast. It's a parasitical magical force which affects the host in a tragic way. Therefore, it will never be in Newt's book, although the publisher name refers to it. Do we think that it will never be in Newt's book? Yeah, I mean, I don't think it'll be in Newt's book, but Newt is very, very connected with it as a creature. Whatever you want to call it, creature, beast, being, there's a couple of terms. I think the issue that we run into is not that we don't know that the Obscurus isn't a beast, but that we struggle in a film about beasts to talk about this creature that somebody else is becoming or is latching onto. It just kind of gets lumped in with uh, phraseology. But we know it's not a beast, let's assure you. All right. And then uh, Richard Cody Nichols says that he really hates to be that guy. But I just wanted to let you all know that the first edition of Fantastic Beats did indeed have the Jarvie at the Monastery story. Not a new edition. Love the podcast. Huge fan. Yep. Well, I'll, ta- I'll take responsibility for that just because, like I said, I had never really dove deep into Fantastic Beasts before last week. But I think it's it, even if the story was there, it's worth revisiting because we know that the Jarvie plays a role into why Newt was expelled from Hogwarts. That was cracking me up last week, your fascination with all this information. And again, like I feel like that's always the case with J.K. Rowling, is that the information usually is there. We just, sometimes we skip over it, but now at least it's relevant, right? She's taking a, a book that she originally wrote for charity, and she's making a lot of it relevant to this film series. And, and a lot of that stuff, if we read that when Fantastic Beasts came out initially, would mean nothing to us. So we have to go back. And so Mike is finally now. paying attention now that it means something to us. That's right. Now that there's a picture book. <laughs> yeah. Well, that too, Eric, because it's a picture book. Mike only reads picture books. He's still waiting for the Game of Thrones illustrated editions. No, I don't even know if you can print that. <laughs> <laughs> All right. We've got an email here. Dear MuggleCast, my name is Shan Mook, and I am from Michigan. Hopefully I'm pronouncing your name right. I was just listening to your episode on the new Harry Potter video games, and I was wondering how popular they would be. You guys mentioned how popular Pokemon Go was and how Harry Potter is still popular after all these years compared to Pokemon. But I think that we can't really compare Pokemon and Harry Potter for many reasons. First of all, Harry Potter is mostly books and movies. Yeah, there were video games, but they weren't as popular than others at the time. Harry Potter movie games were not stellar either. When I was a kid, I loved to play Harry Potter and the Order of the Phoenix on my Wii. I felt a bit of nostalgia the other day, and I plugged in my Wii and inserted the game. Then I realized the differences between other video games at the time and this one. All my video games for my Wii were bought roughly around the same time, but this one had the worst graphics of all of them. It just wasn't as fun to play as I thought it was when I was five. (laughs) I was a bit upset, and when I went on YouTube just to see other Harry Potter games, all the others that were based off the movies were just lazily done, as if they had to do it. The Lego games were really good, but the ones that weren't, the Lego games were not. I just hope the Niantic and Warner Brothers aren't that lazy in making this new game. Also, another reason why Pokemon and Harry Potter can't really be compared is that everyone knows about Pokemon. They know at least some Pokemon, and everyone played Pokemon games then. 
But I interviewed some of my friends recently, and I was surprised by how many of them haven't read the books or even watched the movies. Saying I was pissed would be an understatement. Anyway, I feel that the game will be popular among Harry Potter fans, but I don't think it will actually make new fans out of Harry Potter. Peace. Can I just say how old it makes me feel when this guy says that when he was a kid playing his Wii, like when I was a kid, like I had Nintendo and Super Nintendo and he's, I don't know. Oh yeah, I was out of college. Oh, you never played Harry Potter for uh. NES? <laughs> <laughs> that's not a thing. I don't it's think on that's NES Classic. It's not a thing. Yeah, okay. Yeah. There are definitely different audiences for Harry Potter and Pokemon. I know Pokemon is massively, massively popular. And I think the novelty of Pokemon Go, that was also a huge draw. There won't be a novelty factor with Harry Potter Wizards Unite. So that could affect the popularity as well. Yeah, but just like Pokemon Go is sort of a simplified version of any one of the Pokemon games, I wonder if they'll make... They'll really try and make Harry Potter accessible for non-Harry Potter fans by allowing you to do things that are generally in the spirit of Harry Potter, but not specifically tied up with something yeah. to do with Harry Potter. Does that this make sense? This is a spell. Right. Like you can cast spells, but that and that's not what Harry does day in, day out. Certainly he could. He's a wizard. But it'll be like a, an exciting kind of immersion in, in the wizarding world, just so you can you can dip your foot in and i i think that will that does have the potential to bring on new fans all right we have some voicemails now let's hear from some of our listeners one of my personal favorite parts of this program hey MongoCast. my name is denise i'm from east tennessee and i wanted just to let you guys know that um since the holidays are coming up I am actually doing a Harry Potter themed Christmas tree. First time I've ever done a themed tree, so I'm a little, a little nervous because I want it to look really good. I'm kind of going off Pinterest, so the expectations are pretty high. But yeah, and I wanted to know if you guys have any experience with themed trees or if you've done a Harry Potter themed tree before since I'm sure you guys have a ton of things to decorate with. So. If you have any feedback, let me know. Thank you. Bye. I Well, we're guys, and I think we're less crafty than many of our listeners, including you, Denise. But no, that sounds like a really cool idea. I actually wanted to play this voicemail because, like I said, the uh, theme parks are doing have all these have all this Christmas merchandise now, which I know is not easy for most people to get. But it is cool that. Finally, we have some new Christmas merchandise. I remember Hallmark used to do a lot of like Christmas ornaments and stuff. That was really cool. Yeah. There's like limited edition Hogwarts Express or the Mirror of Erised scene. Uh, the Hallmark Harry Potter ornaments are the absolute best. Andrew, I think you should buy some for her while you're down there in Orlando and send them to her. Yeah, sure. Well, we would love to see what you actually come up with. So please send us a picture once you complete your tree. I've seen book Christmas trees before, which are really cool. Basically, you make a tree out of a pile of books. You kind of stack them to create a tree shape. Huh. Yeah. I got to spend more time on Pinterest. <laughs> it, it all sounds great. I've never done anything like that that's crafty and Christmassy. All right. Here's our next voicemail. Hi, MuggleCast. This is Jewel from Los Angeles. I am calling about the circus poster that you keep bringing up on the show. I don't remember exactly 
where how detailed the news about that circus photo was, but I was wondering, are you sure that it's actually a scene in the show, I mean, in the movie that is going to be at the circus, or was it truly just filmed for a poster, say, in Diagon Alley or somewhere in the Wizarding World? Because I know we've had lots of posters that just kind of show up in the background, like for like the Weird Sisters and, I don't know, just random things to flesh out the Wizarding World. So I was wondering, did we get confirmation that there will be an actual circus in the movie, or is it just speculation? Thanks. It was actually in the official description, which Deadline reported for the uh, currently untitled, at that point, second film. This was on July 13th. I just looked it up. And it has Claudia Kim as a young woman first encountered as a featured attraction at a wizarding circus. And then they introduced a character named Olafur Dari Olafsson as Skender, who runs the wizarding circus. So, yes, both in, in these two character introductions, part of officially released material indicates that somebody will be a performer at the circus, and we meet the guy named Skender who runs the circus. So there will, at some point in Fantastic Beasts 2, The Crimes of Grindelwald, be a wizarding circus. Right. And I think this all initially came out of uh, a print that Mina Lima put out there, and that started the whole conversation, and, and we ended up being able to then identify the poster in the film itself, I think, uh, Graves walks past it at one point when we were doing the commentary. I think we drew attention to it, but it's definitely in the first film. And I totally understand where she's coming from and what she's saying that, yeah, there's posters that show up. There was a ton of posters inside the speakeasy that probably deserve a little bit more attention. But Eric, I think you, you hit the nail on the head right there. The fact that we actually have characters now cast that are part of the Yeah, it's a great question. Like, do we just get ahead of ourselves, as we sometimes do, about assuming that there will be a circus just because there was a hint at a circus in the first movie? But no, it's it's confirmed. And we did a whole episode on it called Circus or something. Circus Arcanus, isn't that what it's called? I think I'm pretty sure that's what it's called. I was wondering if we'd be that transparent. We should call that episode like Circus Gurkis or something. All right. Next voicemail. Hello, Mugglecast. This is Jemima calling from Australia, and I'm just calling because I'm really excited because I just went to this orchestra show, which is basically they play the they played the first Harry Potter movie and they did an orchestra playing of the score for the whole movie, and it was incredible. It was so good. Like half of the people who were there watching it were Harry Potter fans, and we were all quoting along, and we were all cheering for the best characters and cheering for our houses. And it was amazing. It was so good. Also, I've had like five wines, so that's why I sound really excited. But also, like, I would be excited anyway. But anyway, my point is, I don't know if they're doing this in America, but it was really good. And if you see it in a town near you, you should go because it was amazing. I literally flew from Sydney to Melbourne to go see it. It was so good. Anyway, great. Cool. Have a good night. Goodbye. Farewell. There's a drunk call, I think, <laughs> from one of our listeners. Thank you. I'm glad Jemira wrote in. We don't hear enough from Aussies. I know. On the show. I feel like we that may have been the first Australian voicemail we've played in this new era. Yeah. But yeah, we've we've heard a lot of rave reviews about that. I know it is happening in America. I think they are on tour currently. So glad to hear you had a good time. People do tweet us about how much fun they're having at 
Is it called like Harry Potter, the concert experience or Harry Potter, the the orchestra experience or something? Something like that. I know uh, the days saw that, didn't they? Wasn't Robert telling us about that a few weeks ago on the show? Yeah. 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 All right. Here's our next voicemail. Hi, boys. So I got your email about that plan, the planning graph for this week with the new title, my theory and has kind of been this since the beginning. It said it was Fantastic Beasts the whole time without the and the and the way that Harry Potter and the. I think that it's really not about the beasts. I think that beasts is kind of an ambiguous term. Uh, and I think it's more about like Newt's interaction with the different beasts in his life. You know, the first one was about actual animals. That was kind of our catalyst. Now it's going to be about I guess the crimes of Grindelwald. So I definitely think that it was smart of them to eliminate the antha and makes it a bit more clear that the priority isn't a tangible beast and that the beast that he faces might change throughout the entire series. So thanks. Keep doing what you're doing. Can't wait to hear. Can't wait to listen to the next podcast. Bye. That's an interesting idea. What if each title references a beast of some sort? Not a creature beast per se, not something in Newt's suitcase, but a different type of beast Reigning terror on the wizarding world. So we got Grindelwald. Next movie could be about the Niffler. I don't know. I like the idea. I mean, there's beasts, and then there's beings, and then there's creatures, and then the, the yeah, human but, beings are not beasts. No, I, I disagree with that. I think we've kind of speculated about this before. Like, beasts could reference just bad people, bad anything in the world, whether literal or metaphorical. Sometimes I find Micah to be a beast. He's in beast mode at the gym. Yeah. It's true, yeah. Hashtag goals. <laughs> yeah, it's 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 a great point. I think that's brought up, and we'll see. But clearly, we cannot refer to uh, the Obscurus as a beast. Just remember that. I thought you were going to say, it, it's a good point. I am in beast mode at the gym. Oh, I'm always in beast mode <laughs> at the gym. That goes without saying. <laughs> Here's our last voicemail. Hey, MuggleCast. This is Julia calling from North Carolina. I've been listening to the podcast for about two years now, and you guys have kept me company on many a road trip, airplane ride, sometimes when I'm cooking or when I'm doing experiments at work. I'm a graduate student in genetics, so I literally do science experiments every day, which can be pretty tedious. But um, thank you guys for all that you do and keeping this going every week. I really enjoy it. So I'm calling in because similar to Andrew, I've been rereading the books lately or more accurately listening to them on Audible, but I was listening to Prisoner of Azkaban recently and obviously a continuing subplot in that book is all the classes Hermione is taking and how tired she is all the time. So she's using the time turner to go to all these classes, but it occurred to me during my reread why doesn't she also use the time turner to have more time to get work done or to sleep more? I know part of her agreement with Professor McGonagall was that she would only use them for classes, but homework is part of the class and you need to sleep and be rested in order to go to class and learn efficiently. So it just doesn't seem like she would even be breaking her agreement to do those things, you know? Love to hear what you guys think about the topic. Thanks. See you guys. I actually... Have an answer to this because we just over on the Alohomora podcast, Katie and myself revisited that chapter in Prisoner Vascaban called Hermione's Secret, which deals with the time turners. And we had a tangent where we talked about time turning. There is a scene in the third Harry Potter book. Andrew, you having read it more recently might be able to pick up when this occurred, but Hermione is actually like asleep 
in the common room and Harry and Ron go to like nudge her and she wakes up and she's disoriented and apparently she's like missed a class or something. And that occurs because she was up late studying. So I assume that Hermione is trying to fit in some magical time to study in addition to just revisiting her classes. I didn't get the impression that that was involving a time turner. I just got the impression that she was way too tired and definitely did need to sleep more. Well, it's also probably pretty dangerous to time to go back in time and then sleep because you don't want somebody finding your past self and being like, I just ran into your present self. What's going on? You know, like if you're unconscious, you can't protect where you are. Exactly. That's what I was going to say. Like she could go sleep in her dormitory with the time turner, but then where is her other self? Could somebody see her other self and then go upstairs and see Hermione in the bed and be like, well, wait a second. I just saw you in a class or in a hallway and now you're in bed. How could that be? So yeah, I think it, it opens herself up to danger if she is unconscious while time turning. But I mean, a good a good point as well. Like she could have maybe figured out how to use that to her advantage, like maybe sleep in like <laughs> sleep in Moaning Myrtle's bathroom where nobody will enter and find her sleep somewhere where nobody will find you while sleeping. But then that also raises interesting questions about like if you're sleeping in another dimension, are you like gaining energy while the other version of you is awake like, how does that work? Could she just be sleeping forever in another time turner to, like, just basically so her other version can stay up all the time? Oh. Yeah, Drew, I, <laughs> I think the answer is actually in the Cursed Child. That's it? No example? Just it's in the Cursed Child? <laughs> yeah. just Got it. Yeah. Okay. Thank you. Good point, Micah. Beast mode. It was a joke, but. All right. It's time for some quizage. What's going on, Eric? All right. We have last week's quizage question. For those of you who sent in your answers, congratulations, you've won, if they were correct. The correct answer is, well, the question, I'll reiterate, what is the first name of each of Severus Snape's parents? I could get one of two. Okay, what can you get? I Well, because I, I made a joke about it on last week's episode. Yes. So Eileen Prince is his mom. Eileen Prince, yes. Prince. Hence my reference to the song. Come on, Eileen. Dexies, Midnight. And your joke about what do you call a woman with one leg? Eileen. Is that what you said? Yep. Mm-hmm. Yep. Eileen Prince. And she was, uh, I believe, president of the Hogwarts Gobstones Club as well. We find that out in Half-Blood Prince. Snape's father was Tobias Snape. That is also mentioned at some point. So Tobias and Eileen are Snape's parents. Thank you all for playing. Next week's question, per Andrew's request, is a Grindelwald question. This is a bit of trivia that I myself had forgotten, but was just uh, sure to research during our episode. What is Gellert Grindelwald's connection to Bathilda Bagshot? Lover. <laughs> Besides that, Micah, they're related, okay? But I want to know how they are related. All right. Well, thank you, everybody, for listening. We will not have a new episode next week due to... The Thanksgiving holiday. So we will see you. Let's look at a calendar briefly. We'll see you on about the. Oh, we'll uh, see you December 4th. How's that sound? You free that Sounds day? Good. I mean, we're going to eat our words the second big news comes out. But yeah, <laughs> no, I think we're other good. Than that. 
Yeah, I mean, so we'll have that December 4th episode. And then in theory, the trailer, if my guess is correct, will be out two weeks after that. So good stuff coming ahead for Harry Potter fans and here on MuggleCast. If you would like to call in, use our voicemail number or text one nine two zero three muggle We also have our P.O. Box, which is 4044 North Lincoln Avenue, Box 144, Chicago, IL 60618. We would love your support over on Patreon, patreon.com slash MuggleCast. Lots of benefits going on. Eric and I will soon be sending out the remaining album art and stickers, but we also have bonus MuggleCast installments. We have chapter readings. We have an exclusive Facebook group where we're having lots of fun. We have a monthly giveaway and, of course, the opportunity to co-host MuggleCast. All that happening over at patreon.com slash MuggleCast. Our Patreon is the reason why we are doing weekly episodes and what a time to be doing weekly episodes. We're having so much fun talking about news, doing some broader discussions, interacting with y'all. Thanks, everybody who's listening on our live stream right now on this lovely Saturday morning. Ah, speaking of... Real quickly, wrapping it, going back to our discussion here, I don't, I want to include it. Ashley Barnes, who was listening live, says, you know, now that we've talked about this, we shouldn't be surprised that Grindelwald is going to be a main character because we all keep forgetting he was a main character in the first film. It was just a different actor. So I'm going to set an alert on my phone to remind me with this uh, (laughs) screenshot I took of this comment every day that Grindelwald was a major character. It's true. Absolutely true. It destroys everything I've said before on this episode. Yeah, Graves was Grindelwald, and so therefore, it's not unusual for a film to be heavy-handed on the Grindelwald. There were some funny memes on Twitter, like, fixed it, and they replaced Johnny Depp's head with, like, Colin Farrell's head or another actor's head. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yep. Yeah, I saw uh, Michael Harley did that. Yeah, Michael Harley did that. That's pretty good. Got him 500 retweets and 1,100 favorites, so... Thanks, everybody, for listening. If you're in America, we hope you have a nice Thanksgiving weekend. We're thankful for all of you. It's true. And beast mode. (laughs) We'll see everybody next time for episode 347. Goodbye. Goodbye. Bye.